Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit conversations about every facet of human sexuality. I remember when we started saying that tagline after introducing the podcast, oh, about 470 some episodes ago. And when we started this podcast, I said to Charlotte, you know, we're going to take it all the way to 999 episodes. So we're about halfway there. We're approaching 500 episodes. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, thank you for being with us all these years. And I know a lot of folks who have discovered the podcast have then gone back and purposefully listened from episode one. Um, I wish we had a button for you all or something. Uh, Maybe at 500 (laughs) episodes, we will. Badges, badges. And if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. And the whole episode archive is available for you at our forever home, pleasuremechanics.com where you will also find all of our resources and worksheets and online courses that we have generated for you. We have been in our pleasure mechanics uniform since 2006, um, sharing techniques and strategies and effective knowledge and know-how. This has been our consistent mission for 17 plus years now. And we want to thank those of you who have been with us for the long haul and welcome folks who are relatively new. You'll find it all at PleasureMechanics.com. And at PleasureMechanics.com slash hello, you can leave us a voice message. And we love getting these so much. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful to hear your wins, your ahas, to hear your questions and concerns. Mm -hmm. It feels so rich for us to hear your voice and your thoughts. And we really appreciate it. And we listen to every single one. Mm -hmm. And just yesterday, I was feeling a little bit down, honestly. I was feeling Mm -hmm. a little bit deflated and frustrated. And I remembered our voicemail box. And I went in and I listened to a year's worth of incredible messages from you all. So thank you all who have called in and please share your voices with us your stories, your questions, your aha moments at pleasuremechanics.com slash hello. And as we listened to the messages yesterday, one of the more recent voice messages inspired this episode because we realized in almost 500 episodes that we've been with you now, uh, we haven't really talked about this subject. And it's one of those topics that whether or not the specificity of this fetish uh, is something you can relate to or not, it's a portal into how we experience, talk about, share, relate to uh, disclosures of erotic vulnerability of all kinds. So here is the message from a listener that inspired today's episode. So one topic that I would love for you guys to cover is to talk a little bit about maybe cross-dressing and guys who wear panties. Uh, This is something I've done for a long time. And I recently just opened up to my wife about it. And it's something that she's starting to kind of do a little bit with me, uh, having me wear panties around her and in public uh, under my regular clothes. And I'd love to hear you guys talk about it and kind of get your take. Uh, and maybe have a podcast that my wife and I could listen to about it. (sighs) So thank you to Anonymous who submitted that voice memo. And we hope you found this episode and are listening with or without your wife. Mm. Um, And thank you to all lovers who listen to this podcast together. 
it's one of the most um, beautiful things we hear back from you all is how you use this show and how you use it as a jumping off point for a really intimate conversation and for conversations that open up our erotic lives into new places and realms that can be quite surprising. And this is one of the things about fetishes and fetish disclosure is that you can know someone for a really long time without knowing some inner erotic kernels, these inner embers of turn on um, that a lot of us have. A lot of us have. We've done some episodes on fetishes and kink before, and we will drop some episode links in the show notes for sure here. But it's very, very common for us humans to have one or more very specific turn-ons that are like embers of erotic blaze, right? Like just stroking them is a huge source of fuel and arousal and erotic potential. And yet because of kink phobia and shame and et cetera, et cetera, a lot of us have these very buried or locked up in our inner chambers Mm. and people reveal them to one another in different ways and in different paces. But in this case, like you can be married to someone for a long time and not know what their really core fetishes might be. Well, sometimes it can take a really long time for a person to accept it for themselves. Also, there's a huge range there. And so we have to do that before we can share it with someone. And that takes a while for a lot of us. Well, some of us have known this from childhood and we're really self-aware of them. Some of us have this sense of that. There's this like really out there thing that might turn us on. And just to define terms for a second, like kink versus fetish kink, we kind of talk about as the whole realm of erotic play out beyond the very narrow window of normative, heteronormative, intercourse based sexual engagement. So kink is quite wide, kink is quite expansive. Within that fetish is a very specific turn on a very specific object or engagement or activity or identity that is a source of like a huge well of erotic fuel. And people have different levels of fetishes from kind of like a very hot blaze of a turn on to an absolute fugue state where they can't really get aroused without the presence of their fetish object. And when it is present, they're very like almost hyper aroused. And it can be at that point for people, some people a struggle um, if you cannot enjoy sexuality without your fetish object. Um, this can become a source of dismay. But for a lot of people, there are these beautiful wells of erotic, I think of it as like a volcanic well, right? Mm. It's like this deep pit of like very hot lava um, that's ready to flow. And you can engage with your fetish in different ways. So for a lot of people, it's just like online engagement, images, videos, fantasy, um, all the way to in-person engagement, actually bringing your fetish into your sex life. (sighs) okay, (laughs) a little mini download on fetishes, because and we should all ask ourselves, like, do you have a fetish one or more? Um, What are the possible buried embers of erotic turn on that you haven't really given oxygen to you haven't given permission to and so they haven't grown into these lava like blazes. But are they there? Are they buried? Let's check in on that. (laughs) 
<laughs> and for some of us, we may not have something that we identify as a fetish with that level of erotic fuel. But what what are the places that do evoke more charge than we may have given credit to? Or admitted to, yeah. right? A lot of this is kind of that sense of like, have you given yourself space and permission to admit that these things are a turn on? Yeah. Because um, with that permission, it turns out a lot of us have these. And the first invitation of this episode, which I am lovingly calling, whose panties are these? <laughs> whose panties are these? Because a disclosure like this could happen with the discovery of a physical object of panties tucked away somewhere secret. And in that moment where you discover whether through conversation or through discovery, something like unknown panties it's that moment of responsiveness versus reaction of curiosity versus fear. And I consider these moments in our sex lives to be hinge moments into what is possible beyond that moment. Mm -hmm. And we are trained to react. We are trained to be fearful of difference. And so upon discovering panties of your husband's, right? Like I've heard from so many folks who that discovery could lead to accusations of cheating or to like, are you gay? Like, what does this mean about your sexual identity? Like this idea of the whole truth coming crashing down versus a curious responsiveness of whose panties are these, mm -hmm. right? And so the whose panties are these versus whose panties are these <laughs> is a hinge moment relationally that I hope episodes like this prepare us for and invite us to have these conversations more carefully meaning full of care meaning full of curiosity when we can approach this and ask and in this case i love the part of the recording where it's like my wife is slowly warming up to this mm -hmm. so with something like this we can look at you know wanting to wear panties as like cross-dressing gender bending being the main factor here because that's like what our socialized gaze does but every fetish, every object, every turn on has such a story to tell. And we need to start with curiosity of what does this mean for you? Because for a lot of people with panties, it's actually much more about sensations and textures than it is really about gender bending. But maybe there's some of that. And so how do we get curious in this conversation? This is everything just to be in that inquiry because every single person has a slightly different configuration of where the erotic fuel comes from. Mm -hmm. Is it about the meaning and what you make that mean about you or the dynamic, the relational dynamic you're in? Or as Chris said, is it like literally about the sensation of the silky satin on your genitals because it brings more attention to your genitals and so you're more enlivened? Or does that item put you into a certain brain space that mm. is really interesting to you and outside of your regular experience of life and really does something for you? Mm -hmm. There are so many reasons, but like, where is the charge coming from? Mm -hmm. Can you amplify it? And can you be in conversation about what specifically turns you on about this? What does it yeah. mean to you? And that's a great follow-up question for any disclosure or revelation like this is, tell me more about this. Yeah. You know, how long has this been a thing for you? When did this start for you? What have your some of your most exciting experiences with it been? And as we ask these questions, like our own hearts might be racing, because for a lot of us disclosure of a fetish like this, it throws into 
immediate kind of attention of like, what, what, who am I within this fetish? What does this demand mm. of me? Yeah. And so I want to, after we take a break to thank our sponsors for the episode, kind of slow this conversation down and how do we baby step into fetish exploration together mm. in really non-demanding ways in incremental, exploratory, curious ways that don't put either person in the dynamic um, at risk, right? Like, how do we do this safely, relationally safety, and like find our own pacing with it? Yeah? So let's take a minute to thank our sponsors for this episode. Two perfect sponsors to talk about having more shame-free conversations about who we are, what we want, what we desire, and how to keep one another safe while exploring erotic horizons. We'd like to thank our sponsors at Dipsy Stories for providing a treasure trove of erotic audio, landscapes, stories, and engagements that take you right by the ears. <laughs> I think the ears are the most underappreciated orifice when it comes to sex. It's such an amazing way to explore what turns us on by listening to the incredibly voice-acted stories at Dipsy. These voices really take you somewhere, and it's such a direct engagement that you can then really pay attention to what you enjoy and get a lot of rich information about your turn-ons at dipsystories.com. Go to dipsystories.com slash pleasure for a full 30-day free trial of all that Dipsy has to offer. We've received a lot of thank you notes for Dipsy as a resource because it's so powerful and such a rich, amazing resource. So join us at dipsystories.com slash pleasure. That's D-I-P-S-E-A, dipsystories.com slash pleasure. And explore for 30 days for free as a listener of this show. We'd also like to thank shamelesscare.com for making it easy to get full comprehensive STI testing from the comfort of your own home. Shameless Care has you covered. Their STI testing is the most comprehensive available. Not only do they check for oral infections, but they also screen for trichomoniasis and microplasma genitalium, commonly mistaken for BV. That's a mouthful, but what it means is if you know what you got, you can get the right treatment. And with the STI testing kit from shamelesscare.com, you also get a year of virtual physician visits with a sex positive, specifically sex trained doctor who can answer all of your questions and get you the right care. Go to shamelesscare.com today and use coupon code pleasure for a sizzling $30 discount at checkout. You can also click the link in the episode description. Don't settle for anything less than shameless care. Let them be your partner in embracing a sex positive lifestyle. Let them know we sent you and get yourself tested. It's such a gift to yourself, your current lovers and any future lovers to have your own baseline and be educated about your body. And when we know we can care for ourselves. And I want to really just emphasize that, like the beauty of disclosure, as we talk about fetish disclosure, about revealing these innermost parts of ourselves, like what an act of care and tenderness and vulnerability is to share this with a lover, because you can carry it in secret. And a lot of us do. 
right? I have very, 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 very filthy fantasies that I don't tell everyone, mm-hmm. right? And so there's kind of layers to this of what you wear publicly, what people assume about you sexually. And especially for cis hetero people, there's such a narrow definition of what's normal there that we all assume everyone else is doing. And really, everyone's much kinkier and wilder and out of the box than we expect. And so we can look at one another and make so many assumptions. I'll never forget the time we had a massive garage sale as we were making one of our cross-country moves. Yes, one of. (laughs) Um, And we had like an adult room for all of our sex videos and toys and stuff. And the people who bought different things was such a great lesson in that quickie moment of being like 25 and selling all of our kinky stuff. I miss some of those toys. Um, But like, may they be in good hands. And we never know what people are into, including our own lovers, until we have these conversations. And because of that, it's such an intimate and vulnerable act to share. It's incredibly trusting and very honoring, I think, of the relationship um, to share something so risky in this culture. So I feel like it is an honor to hear when someone discloses mm-hmm. something, even if it is a bit surprising or takes you aback a little bit. Um, I think remembering that mm-hmm. it's it's a precious thing that someone has yeah. shared with you. And in that reactivity, there's what does this mean about you? Yeah. What does this mean about me? And if we can slow it down and relieve the pressure on both of those conversations and get curious... The first part of that is it doesn't necessarily mean about your lover what you think it means and especially what your fear-based imagination is telling you it means. So let's try to open up that field of conversation and get curious. What does this mean to you? What do you enjoy about it? What is the experience you like to have? Mm -hmm. How does it make you feel? Um, You know, so with something like panties, it's like, what kind of panties? silky panties or fishnet panties do you like just panties or whole lingerie sets do you also like robes oh so it's actually just about panties when do you wear them Um, and you can open up a whole conversation with a few follow-up questions the power of a good question Mm -hmm. but that second part of the conversation I think often gets overlooked of what does this mean about me I love this person I want to stay connected to you I actually want to please you and fulfill you and make you happy What will this fetish demand of me? Mm. Um, And with panties, I think a lot of the the vulnerability for female partners on the receiving end of that is like, do I get to be the prettiest one still? (laughs) Which I think is actually like a very real thing. Like, but wait, I'm the pretty one. I'm the one in the panties. So what does that mean about your sexual dynamic? Um, And I really want to encourage people to explore that and also get really interested in how turned on your partner can be in panties and how hot it is to see a cock straining against pretty fabric. It's really, really hot. Um, As someone who actually really enjoys this, right, when male identified straight dudes dress up pretty, um, I think it's something that's so beautiful to me, um, something I quite enjoy in my life. I'm getting distracted. And you are not alone in that, right? (laughs) I'm so not alone in that. It's really hot. And so also, right, like coming into this conversation, like, do you have images of other men wearing the kind of panties you enjoy so your partner doesn't have to confront your specific fetish right away, but can kind of enter the room? 
Um, are there parts of the fetish conversation you can have, right? Like, so how do we baby stuff? Sorry, I'm reeling myself yeah. back. I'm literally drooling <laughs> into the mic. And so for me, and this has been a lifelong mm. thing, right? And also as a non-binary gender fluid human, I really love meeting people at transgressive crossroads at these portals where we can transform and sex and erotic play is a place we can play dress up where we can transform ourselves where we can be all of the multiplicity of energies and expressions that want to come through us and some of the most like hard dudes want a place where they can just be tender and soft and pretty and maybe then dot 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 right and we need to unravel that conversation of what what are the activities and embodiments that come through this fetish? Because for some guys, it's just like lingerie, and then I'm going to rail you and be super hot in my lingerie as I do all the things you love to do. And that is a different conversation than when I'm in my panties, I want to be treated like a little girl. And right. And so that's all those things after that dot, 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 or what is demanded of the partner to successfully engage this fetish. And this is where we need an incremental, non-demanding approach because we can't demand our partner embody any one thing to fulfill us. But we can ask them to meet us with curiosity and a willingness to explore. And so what does that look like, right? And there can be such a huge range of ways that partners interact with a fetish like this. Um, we can start with just compassionate witnessing mm-hmm. where we can be curious and asking those questions and like then conversation while walking the dog kind of yeah. engagement, right? Oh, t- yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me about this. Yes. Yeah. All of those questions we already named. Right. And I say walking the dog or taking a drive because it's like having these conversations in a non-sexual safe environment where you already feel connected and safe to your partner Um, can help contain it listening to a podcast on a long drive and then turning off the podcast and having an hour of conversation right and that might be where you first meet and after that there's like bringing the conversation alone into the sex life you already enjoy together and this step can be really potent for people because you can meet where it already works for you where you already enjoy one another And then just through little verbal cues, right? Like you're having beautiful sex and it's like, tell me what you would wear for me. What color would it be? And you start painting a verbal picture and you're still in the activities and the range of erotic play that is already established and safe and comfortable for you. And I encourage people to hang out here for a while because in these, and it's like fantasy out loud is part of how we approach this. It's taking that which is internal and vocalizing it through communication, through verbal play, through great questions into an alive conversation where you might hit walls with one another. And it's really convenient to hit those walls in verbal fantasy before you try to enact these things. And there's much more on the line, right? There's much more charge. Um, So I'm thinking of something like with wearing panties where it's like wearing panties is hot great I'm excited to see you in them and then after that dot 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 it's like am I willing to do that thing that you want done to you 
And what also does that require of me? So it might be something like, and then I kind of want to get pegged. And then that opens a whole other conversation about the skill of anal play and pegging and the conversations there. And you might have a few more podcasts to listen to, right? But we can start mapping out where our fantasies take us verbally, have the luxury of slowness so we can actually get curious and be responsive because we can't demand that from one another on the fly. Like that has Mm -hmm. to be incremental and trust building over time. And so you can start playing with each other's fetish. You can start exploring it. And we're really proud of the listener who called in with this story. Like, and I love these moments where our answer is already in the question. Mm. Do it slow, do it incrementally, do it at her pace of willingness Mm -hmm. and see what is there for you too. And this is what we call the erotic Venn diagram, right? And it's a beautiful reminder that your entire fetish doesn't actually need to be shared She doesn't need to be willing to do all of the things that you fantasize about, but where you meet might have already expanded your erotic horizons so wide. And then as you explore that together, maybe you'll find something that you didn't even know you were into. And I want to close the episode by a reminder of here of keeping things mutual, keeping things balanced, because sometimes I think relationally when these fetishes get disclosed and there's this huge like lava well of volcanic eruption of erotic energy that comes out we can forget to keep things mutual and it's not all about you there's a relationship here and so are her sexual needs being met and are her non-erotic needs right and wants lavish her in other words Mm -hmm. (laughs) um any partner who is meeting you with compassion with attention giving you the the incredible gift of erotic attention. And this is so a message for all lovers, lavish one another more fully um, for all relationships. Really. I just lavish one another. This is my closing <laughs> words. I show I, and by lavish. I mean like gestures of appreciation, gratitudes, verbal gratitudes, um, letting her know that you appreciate her meeting you in your most tender, vulnerable of places. Like what a gift you're giving to one another. Celebrate it. I just want to celebrate her for bringing curiosity and compassion to her relationship Mm -hmm. and witnessing him and engaging with this at the level, hopefully that feels comfortable and interesting to her. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that. And this is when we go with curiosity, right? Um, If curiosity led can lead to enthusiastic engagement Mm, over time. And there can be a huge time frame that that happens. And part of that is seeing how much it turns your partner on, like their erotic fuel when witnessed fully can turn you on so much that this thing you never thought you'd be turned on by all of a sudden is a real turn on. Totally. It's such a cool cycle. (laughs) The responsive desire, something that we didn't ever think about. Yes. Being so turned on Mm -hmm. by someone else's turn on is so cool and interesting and it's what a lot of us want we want to see our partners really aroused we want to see them really deeply engaged and that deep engagement of being so fully aroused increases presence and attention Mm -hmm. and focus of attention is one of those qualities we all kind of crave like we want that beautiful exquisite attention paid to the moment we're sharing And fetish does that for us. It's a portal to like very focused states of erotic attention. Um, And so seeing your partner engaged that way 
And, you know, panties and cross-dressing, we've talked a little bit about. Um, it's just one of the very many, very common fetishes. I was just talking to a friend who was at a furry convention with 13,000 furries in the Midwest. Um, and that's furry, a lot of people. That's a yeah. lot of people. Um, there are kink and fetish events coast to coast every weekend. Whatever you're into, you are in good company. Mm -hmm. There's probably some really good companies making some really good gear for you. Mm -hmm. um, you can accessorize your fetishes. You can access your fetishes. You can connect with other people online who share your fetishes. Um, I'm recently learning about the shaved head fetish community mm. as a bald babe. Um, I've been shaving my head more for like spiritual aesthetic reasons uh, for over half of my life. And I'm only just now realizing that there's a certain percentage of people who find this very, very um, hot in a fetish kind of way. And it's kind of a revelation for me. Even You know, I know everything is a fetish for someone, um, but we don't often think about the parts of ourselves that are fetishized by others. Um, and that also accepting someone's worship and attention of a part of you as a fetish object is a whole nother episode that we should follow up on because <laughs> right, it's an incredible experience and it's an incredibly eroticizing experience. Um, and I have a lot to say about it. Yeah. So let's do a part two <laughs> when you are the fetish, mm. right? Cause witnessing someone with their fetish, whether it's panties or even heels. And that's kind of this bridge fetish. It's like where are the heels, but the shoe is actually what's mm -hmm. turning me on. Not you. Versus the foot fetish where it's your foot in that heel. And as soon as it becomes part of your body that is the fetish, it's a whole different mental experience and emotional experience to accept that kind of worship. And then what that makes available to you and your experience of your own body yeah. and eroticism is fascinating. Yeah. So we hope that this podcast has supported the person who called in. And I hope that it has encouraged all of us to look for where are places that there is some erotic charge within ourselves, even if it's not at the, um, the intensity of a fetish. Or if it is. Or if it is, great too. <laughs> and then how can we offer our partners um, compassionate, curious, witnessing, listening, follow-up questions, mm -hmm. anytime there's any kind of erotic revelation um, whose panties are these <laughs> whose panties are these and you know again thinking about those moments of disclosure of revelation of when parts of ourselves are revealed yeah um, whether on purpose or not whether we're thrown out of the closet or tenderly step out mm. um, that is a gift for those who love you it's an opportunity to show care and compassion and curiosity and let's acknowledge that's not a gift we've all received when parts of ourselves have been revealed. Yeah. Right. And so the guardedness and the um, sense of holding these parts of ourselves safe, right? When we think about something that's buried, that's a way of keeping something safe. These are the most tender, precious parts of ourselves. And how do we treat them tenderly, both in how we share them with others and how we receive the gift of when others share with us? And we receive the gift of you all sharing with us and are grateful every time. We love hearing from you. Please come over to pleasuremechanics.com slash hello and share your stories, your questions, your aha moments. 
And if this episode has inspired you to take a few baby steps into exploring kink together, we'd love to guide you in that adventure. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash kink for the kink course, which we lovingly crafted for this specific kind of situation, this moment where we're taking new steps together as lovers. And how do we do that safely? What conversations do we need to have? In what order? Um, And we guide you step by step through that. It's 25 guided date nights. You hit play and Charlotte and I guide you into exploring your kinks and your turn-ons and how you will fit together as lovers and what specific dynamics you will find there. And if you are in this exploration and you need additional support, we offer coaching. And Charlotte has been loving doing coaching and expanding her coaching practice because it is just lighting you up. I love your face right now. (laughs) Um, I do. I love it so much. I'm loving getting to be in deep conversation with people and really unpack what is in the way for them. How do we create new pathways towards their pleasure Mm -hmm. and authentic erotic life? Mm -hmm. It's a really beautiful, rich experience that deep dive one on one sessions over time with access to all of our online courses so we can point you to resources and experiences to explore. That's how we do what we do here at Pleasure Mechanics. So go to pleasuremechanics.com slash coaching if you're interested in a one-on-one deep dive with either of us, especially Charlotte, because she's an amazing coach. I have my specialties. (laughs) Um, And we will be back with you next time with another episode. Please come over to our forever home, pleasuremechanics.com. Say hello. We love you. We'll see you next time. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers. Cheers.